1: We don't bring any
0: life at all to the church. The church is is the life. It gives us the life. Live.
1: The reality is, he is all things beautiful, capital B, and so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God.
2: Well, good morning, Real Presence Radio Land. This is the Today's installment of Real Presence Live and your hosts are Jack and Doreen Canelli. and we're happy to have you with us on this beautiful March 25th, the Feast of the Annunciation. And for those of you who are uh, a little bit compulsive about uh, being organized for Christmas, it is nine months to Christmas from today. So you can start your planning already if you haven't done so already. So Doreen, Good morning. Happy to have you here, of course. And it's good to be here. Yes, and uh, uh, I don't know about the rest of our listening area, but it's a beautiful day in Fargo. I think it's somewhere in the thirties right now. I'm not. I don't. Didn't check on that, but uh, the the sun is out, and uh, it's a, a perfect uh, perfect day. The day the Lord has made. But then again, I guess He makes all of them perfect. It's just uh, how we respond to them.
3: Exactly. Yeah.
2: Well, this being the feast of the Annunciation. Uh, Doreen had the idea that we should open up the program with the, uh, the Angelus. And uh, since it was her idea, we're going to let her lead.
3: <laughs> In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary.
2: And she conceived of the Holy Spirit.
3: Behold, oops, hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus.
2: Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen.
3: Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God,
2: that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ.
3: Let us pray. For forth we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross, be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen.
2: Okay, thank you. Well, we've got a, a wonderful lineup to you today. I guess we can say it's a real clerical day. We've got four priests on the docket, and so uh, uh, I guess we can get started, and we're happy to uh, introduce our first guest of, of the day, and we're happy that he's up, and uh Healthy today? Because he wasn't the last time he was supposed to be on the air with us.
3: (laughs) We're happy and relieved. That's right, yes.
2: Well, actually, what our listeners don't know is we asked Therese to call him 20 minutes ago to make sure he was up and ready. Right,
0: Father? (laughs) By the grace of God, we are ready to go. Okay, (laughs) our
2: our guest is Father Peter Andrell of the Diocese of Fargo. And Father, why don't you uh, tell us where you're... uh, where your pastorage is right now, and a uh, little bit more about yourself.
0: Sure, I have the privilege of serving uh, just about fifty minutes south of the Fargo Beltway, uh, not far from the South Dakota and Minnesota border, in beautiful southeastern North Dakota. And I have three wonderful parishes. In fact, uh, we are uh, we've been offering Eucharistic Adoration. I was actually up at four forty-five. Uh, Beginning today, we go all the way till midnight every Thursday, uh, expanding bit by bit, hopefully each year another day, to allow our people just to have that opportunity of encountering the Word made flesh in Eucharistic adoration. And it's interesting because we're getting ready in a little bit now for Holy Mass, and I wish I could take all of our uh, listening viewers to join us, because the church at Lidgerwood, where the main parish is of the three I serve, has beautiful stained glass windows, um, transept windows for pane that are specifically designed for the feast day today. And Jack and Doreen, I'd like to offer a, a liturgical uh, question for you all. We, the one window is the Annunciation, which we're celebrating today with the Archangel Gabriel appearing to the Blessed Virgin Mary. But on the opposite side, we have a stained glass window of our blessed Lord Jesus before Pontius Pilate. And do either of you know the significance of that window and that moment of salvation history connected with the feast day of today?
2: I don't, but I think Dreen might.
3: <laughs> okay, tell me again what was in the what's the first one of the Annunciation?
0: So
2: as the word the
3: sun becoming rises,
0: flesh. Okay. Yes, we have the word becoming flesh. So that is our focus in the morning. And then, as we move into the other window on the opposite side, we have Jesus before Pontius Pilate. In fact, I have never seen that scene depicted in a stained glass window anywhere ever before.
3: What father would it be that that was the almost the moment of the conception of his passion? That moment before Pontius Pilate. Just a wild guess.
2: Well, maybe I maybe I. Father, are you asking the question because you're looking for an answer, or are you quizzing us and you're holding back the answer? <laughs> <He's> quizzing us. <laughs> we don't want to disappoint our, our listeners here.
0: Uh, well, you know, it is still a little early today, so I'm just kind of getting the creative, you know, juices flowing for this great feast. Well, actually, on solemnity, but no, Doreen, you're you're partially correct. It's kind of. Like, I mean, no, go ahead, Jack.
2: Well, I was going to. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, the Annunciation was his conception, the beginning, and I guess you could say before Pontius Pilate, that was kind of the the beginning of his death, if you will. It's kind of uh, you know the beginning and the end, or the beginning and the beginning of the beginning of the end,
3: <laughs> and the purpose for which he came. One of the purposes for which he came.
0: And and so if you take it just a little bit further, this feast day today is the origin and core of all of the other liturgical feast days in the early church. Because Jack, as you mentioned, once the twenty fifth of March was determined, they not only then gave to us Christmas, nine months, you know, to follow, and then from there, you know, January first with circumcision and then candlemas, the presentation February second. And then they were beginning to tie in John the Baptist as well from Elizabeth being pregnant with the narrative. But all the way back in the mid-third century, so the mid-200s, there were two individuals. One is Hippolytus, who gave us the second Eucharistic prayer, the most ancient of the four Eucharistic prayers uh, that we pray from the Roman Missal, and on a totally different theological um, understanding, Also, Tertullian both stated that not only is March 25th the conception of Jesus in Mary's womb, but it's also his conception into the descensus to be able to bring the glory of the incarnation to those that have gone before and to begin the opening through the Paschal mystery by dying, destroying our death, to rise, to restore our life. So they actually put March 25th as the date, Of Jesus' crucifixion of Good Friday. So before the Easter concept was developed with this kind of the sliding rule that we follow today, March twenty fifth was the traditional day of Jesus' death of Good Friday. On the same day. And that's what our church reflects the powerful mystery that this goes beyond even the moment of the Archangel Gabriel overshadowing Our Lady and then Jesus being brought forth, but how it ties in so without the Annunciation, there's no Lent. There's no Good Friday. But it's the origin to make those all happen. And then St. Augustine himself, uh, writing a century later, reaffirms this belief of the very beginning of the Church. So it's just a profound mystery. And in the late 1880s, uh, we had the most amazing stained glass window company from the Twin Cities. They worked on two of the churches here in Lidgerwood and Geneseo, designing just absolutely gorgeous, ornate windows, very detailed. And they wanted to bring out this great mystery. So I just thought I would share that with our listeners, um, a kind of a, a unique liturgical, architectural uh, beginning of this great feast to just kind of ponder how significant this really is to impact the rest of salvation history and even our liturgical life. And so every time we come into the church, we're reminded of the fruit that Mary's yes bore. All of heaven was waiting for her yes to bring forth what God designed for us, the new Eve bringing forth the new Adam to undo what Adam and Eve had done.
3: Wow. (laughs) Father, don't you wonder about the theologians that were behind the des- the design of those windows?
0: Well, it was it was very profound for me when I first arrived, and I actually wanted to do a little research to understand, you know, the further significance. And the windows themselves are priceless; they almost can't even put a price tag on them. Sadly, the single glass window company went out of business during the Great Depression. And they just, I've had multiple uh, professionals come down through the years commenting how uh, that the technology and the ability is almost lost today on the different levels in which they were able to not only paint, but bake the glass, design it. But yes, yes, the theology behind what was done, um, it's just tremendous. The attention to detail, as well, that's added, it's just spectacular. So um, it just draws you in yeah. to the mystery. Yeah. You're just seeing it before your very eyes.
2: You, you're laying some great groundwork for our next segment on the uh, of the program today, because we have Father Damien Schell who's going to be talking about the does architecture have in our churches have meaning, and so you're you're, you're, you're giving him a good lead in.
3: <laughs> the Holy Spirit well, is here, <laughs> I think. Yeah.
0: Well, and I'll tell you we you know we just restored the main church and so we were working on combining and connecting the two stained glass windows. We had almost the same uh, space in the apse behind the sanctuary and we were able to to bring forth what the original church had developed as well, but was lost through the years where they had not only Jesus there on the cross, but they had Mary and John at the base of the cross in statuary to remind us that we are also participants and that we're drawing from the mystery of the annunciation incarnation we're sharing in the reality of good friday as well as easter at every mass it's almost like a, a supernatural satellite uplink to these moments of you know redemption salvation history and the grace that we're able to enter into and receive. So, yeah, for me as a priest, uh, I absolutely love offering the Holy Mass because it's just right there before me to, to enter even more deeply into the mystery and, and the people as well. I uh, I had one person come in when we were finishing our, our restoration project, and they said, Father, it feels like we're in heaven. Mm. I said, thank you.
3: <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> and Father, I'd, ha- I'd have to add to that even... The way in which you have described and, and taught all of our listeners this morning, you've given us something so beautiful to take to prayer and to ponder. Um, and it, in me, you've created a desire to get in the car and drive to, to that church. What is the name of that church?
0: The name of the church is St. Boniface. Oh, And, and so when the, the pioneers came, they built the, the biggest edifice um, around Uh, that could be seen for almost seven miles to be the church. They mortgaged their livestock. They gave everything they could to build this beautiful monument to God, and they purposely designed it to be larger than any other edifice that would stand in the community. And sadly, at one point, um, the church burned. And so the bishop at the time, our first bishop, Shanley, brought the people together, and they were immigrants from Bohemia as well as from Germany, and he asked them, could we rebuild and have a school? And the immigrants looked at each other and said, no, we want to have our own ethnic church. So for a number of years, we had the German church, St. Boniface, and the Bohemian church, St. John the Pomacine. And then in the 70s, they were merged again together as one. So it's a very Catholic area. And in our church, we also identified and recognized the two patron saints, of the community here, but to this day, um, the original Bohemian church, built in 1905, um, still stands, and the original uh, German church, built in 1905, um, we rebuilt in 1997, incorporating all of the elements from the original church. And then the restoration project, we added a marble floor with the medallions leading into the nave up to the sanctuary of symbolism of faith, hope, and charity, to remind people of the grace, the theological virtue that comes just by encountering the presence of God. So it's just been a labor of love. It's been an absolute joy. Um, The people love it, and I've just been honored to offer this um, for them to worship and glorify God.
2: Okay, Father, I'm going to have to interrupt right now because we were, were a little bit late on our break, But for our listeners, we're talking to Father Peter Andrell from the Diocese of Fargo. And our topic is celebrating the Annunciation of the Lord. And with that, we'll go to our break. And we'll be right back, so stay tuned.
0: Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
1: If you are experiencing depression, anxiety, or suffering, especially from grieving, how can you find healing? I'm Father Chris Alar. While you should first seek professional help when needed, there is a roadmap that can help you to live your life again, and it is called the Spiritual Principles of Divine Mercy. First, come to admit that you are powerless over the loss of your loved one. Second, come to trust that Jesus can restore your life to manageability, And third, make the decision to entrust your will, your life, and your loved one to the loving care and protection of God. Join us and learn more about how to apply these healing principles in your life. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help.
2: Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network.
0: You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network.
2: Welcome back to this segment of Real Presence Live with Jack and Dreen Canelli, And we're talking with Father Peter Andrell. About, the, uh, about celebrating the Feast of the Annunciation of the Lord. And before the break, we were kind of talking about the architecture of the church down there. And, Father, you had some more you wanted to add to that.
0: Well, I just wanted to offer for those that may wish to come down, we've had a number of people that are making a pilgrimage stop here uh, since we've restored the church. And we have a very unique liturgical item that also is here for veneration. So when the Archangel Gabriel appeared to the Blessed Virgin Mary, um, that was in Nazareth, and that was in her house where she grew up. That would eventually become the home where Jesus would grow up with Joseph and Mary, following Our Lady's Annunciation and that of Joseph. Well, when I was I had the privilege of being overseas a couple years ago, we took a diocesan pilgrimage to celebrate the 100th anniversary of the miracle of the Son the greatest miracle performed by Jesus since his uh, resurrection and ascension on October uh, 13th of 2017, we stopped at a part of the Holy House that had been transported miraculously to Loretto, Italy. And the uh, caretakers, the Franciscans that serve, actually gave to us a portion of that house. So we are the only location in the upper Midwest to have a part of the actual home where Mary grew up and where Jesus grew up. And that is available for veneration in the sanctuary of the church, um, in addition to the only known first-class relic of the Blessed Virgin Mary, because as we know, she was assumed body and soul into heaven. But when she grew up in the home, she would get, on a regular basis, a haircut. And so the early church saved the hair clippings. And so we have a little part of the Blessed Virgin Mary's hair. And so I would love to offer for any that may wish to travel um, to come in on a pilgrimage um, to be able to partake in, in the special blessings and grace and to just to take in the, the beauty um, of how everything was designed.
3: Father, so. do you have a parish website where people could um, go to to find the hours that you're um, you know, that the church is open and unlocked and in uh, your Mass times so that they could join you in Mass there?
0: Absolutely. And that's found through the Diocesan website as well as through our own uh, St. Boniface. Uh, just a Google search St. Boniface Lidgerwood and they'll be able to find uh, the website. Absolutely. And we are open, I would say, r- technically every day from about seven until probably 10 at night, so 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. Uh, we're always open. And then the church that is just to the west of us, about five minutes, my my biggest of the two missions, that is also quite historic. Um, to my knowledge, it's the only church in North Dakota that is completely intact from how it had originally looked when it was first built over 100 years ago. And that church is open 24 hours a day. So that's in uh, St. Martin's in Geneseo. In fact, it has a five-foot-by-seven-foot statue of the patron uh, of St. Martin, the horse with the rider, the centurion cutting out part of his robe to clothe Christ. It's very unique. Uh, Very few of them were ever made from the famous De Prado uh, statuary firm in Chicago. So it also is quite uh, a profound uh, pilgrimage destination. So we're honored to offer that for our listeners that may wish to come. We'd love to have you.
2: I I think you better give a heads-up to the uh, Lidgerwood and Geneseo Departments of Tourism that they can anticipate (laughs) an an influx of pilgrims in the next several weeks after the uh, endorsement you've been giving them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, we're we're honored to offer. We even have Lord's Water available in our massive holy water canisters. We've been... Offering that too is a, a further assist mm-hmm. during the unique times that we live to allow for all of God's graces and blessings to flow upon our people. Yeah.
2: Well, we've been talking uh, about the the Annunciation of the Lord. And I have to admit, I'm getting kind of a message here today because at Mass this morning, uh, Monsignor Gehring was talking about the importance of the Annunciation, and it being, you know, on the same level as Christmas and Easter. And I thought, whoa, you know, I don't usually think of it in those kinds of terms. But, uh, and now, you know, visiting with you, it's like, okay, I'm hearing this same thing again. So this has been good for me. And, uh, you know, I I guess, you know, you've been talking about it uh, maybe a little bit more indirectly, but why is the Feast of the Annunciation important to you?
0: Well, and, you know, I got to just uh, dovetail with that, Jack, too. It's fascinating because, you know, it's not the easiest time of the year to have a feast because quite often, you know, we can run into Holy Week. And it is so sacred that the Church still wants this celebrated that it's even moved outside of Holy Week to be honored if it falls during that time of Holy Week. And so, yes, um, uh, very correct um, explanation. It is so sacred and it's so critical for how God designed for us to receive um, Christ's salvation given through His Church, that we are—without it, there would be no Easter. There would be no Christmas. And so it is pivotal. It's it's foundational, as it was in the ancient early Church, of developing the liturgical feast days. And so for me, what I thoroughly love is, is first, you know, the Fathers of the Church mentioned Mary— She maybe was only 13 years old. And they talk about how before the Archangel Gabriel appeared to her and the Holy Spirit overshadowed her, that before she had physically conceived our blessed Lord within her womb, she had already mystically and spiritually conceived him through the great gift of her faith. And it has been commented through the centuries that of all of her virtues, the greatest of them all is her faith. And it is said that her faith is so great, but if you took all of the saints combined throughout the world and put them together, her faith is still greater than all of the saints even combined. And so she had this tremendous trust, tremendous belief. And then the archangel appears. And if any of our listeners have ever been overseas to the Holy Land, it's one of the three locations on earth where the church acknowledges hic Lokutus Est. Here at this exact location, this occurred, the Annunciation. It's marked in marble as is our Lord's birth in Bethlehem, as is his death on the cross and resurrection. So how appropriate all three great mysteries acknowledged on the exact spot where they occurred. And for Mary, as the Holy Spirit overshadowed her, the, the deepening of the mystery of being the chosen one, Isaiah seven fourteen: the virgin shall succeed and bear a son, and she'll name him Jesus. And so she was made aware that she would be the chosen one. And then St. Joseph, through the his own unique annunciation, was made known to be the chosen spouse. To be the chosen protector. To be the one that would safeguard the most sacred treasure of all. The infant within the womb and the woman that would bear him. Incredible mystery, incredible, profound reality. So for me, this is just uh, a glorious day. It is critical for everything else that will follow. And, you know, being a convert, having grown up Lutheran, to have a deeper awareness now of what the Church offers of Marian devotion this year of St. Joseph, as well as the year of the Holy Family, it is just such a wonderful jumping-off point to just meditate and pray over the sacredness of Bethlehem, the sacredness of Nazareth, and how we can bring those two realities into our homes, our families, our churches, to celebrate. So for me, it's not just a one-day reality. I I want to try to live this out all year, the great mystery of the Incarnation, because when we receive our Lord in the Eucharist, we too are receiving an Incarnation in us. We receive the very living you know, um, body, blood, soul, and divinity of the Lord our God. And and what a tremendous privilege that is. And, And it's so great that Mass, we don't have enough time. I wish I could give them enough time to really enter in, and that's why we have Eucharistic adoration. It extends the glory of the Mass, where people can just come and rest before the Word made flesh who comes to us through the Holy Eucharist. And I've had my parishioners telling me, how profound it's been for them to to have this tremendous uh, gift offered for them every week. They can't wait to have their hour, how quick it goes and how much peace and joy are, are just being poured out. It's like the Holy Spirit is pouring out again and again um, the, these treasured blessings. And to me, that's that's it all started with Mary's yes. And I think for the Church, you know, being the spiritual director... For the world apostle of Fatima, we are so eagerly anticipating and waiting for the fullness of the Fatima message, which is the triumph of Mary's Immaculate Heart, where through the Holy Spirit given to her these 2,000 years ago, will then be given to the Church, as St. Pope John Paul commented on, a new and second Pentecost, a new springtime that we've all been so yearning for, and an era of peace in a world that all we've known as of war these last hundred years, war and strife and violence and evil, to have peace, Father, to have Christendom.
2: Father, I'm sorry to break in here, but uh, our, our time is up. But before we uh, uh, let you go, would you uh, give us a blessing?
0: And so we pray through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, St. Joseph, and our dear Lord Jesus, the Holy Family. May the Holy Family bring their grace and joy into each and every family and every heart throughout our listening audience and the areas in which they are living. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
2: Thank you, Father. We've been talking to Father Peter Andrell of the Diocese of Fargo about the Annunciation of the Lord. And uh, up next, we have Father Damian Schill, who will be talking to us about... uh, how the architecture in our churches uh, has meaning. And we'll discuss this next on Real Presence Live, so stay
0: tuned. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.